0: 1st Samuel chapter 18 verse 5 it says so David went out whenever Saul sent him and behaved wisely and Saul set him over the men of war and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now, it had happened as they were coming home when David was returning from the slaughter. He didn't just beat him. The Bible says slaughter. When David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women had came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet David. Y'all read your Bible? To meet David. To meet David. David. Y'all are supposed to correct me, okay? So let me tell y'all when I do that. I'm never going to feel awkward. Y'all will, okay? So if the Bible does not say to meet David, but it says to meet Saul, y'all say Saul, okay? So let me do it again. They all came out to meet David. Good. Y'all reading your Bible, okay? To meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So the women... Sang as they danced. It's lit now, the whole city's turning up, and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul was very angry, and the saying displeased him. Hmm. They have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have only ascribed thousands now what more can he have but the kingdom look at this y'all so Saul eyed David from that day forward church family this segment of scripture that I would like to bring to your attention for your consideration as we begin to navigate through tonight's sermonic journey and it almost seems like a contradiction I'm reading this, and I'm like, okay, this almost seems like a contradiction. The verses that I want to bring your attention to, first is verse 5, where the text tells us, and Saul, one more time, somebody say, and Saul. Saul. And Saul set him over the men of war. Okay, who put David over the men of war? Okay, who put David in this position? Y'all remember that, okay. And Saul set him Over the men of war. Now I want you to look at the halfway mark of verse 6. And it says, When David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines. Okay, I want you to like put a mental bookmark there. So far we have Saul put David over the men of war. And now verse 6, David is coming back victorious from the war. All right. Now, verse 8 kind of has me tripping. It says, but this saying greatly displeased Saul. They, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, but but they have ascribed to me only thousands. And I'm like, um, Saul, a thousand is still a thousand. <laughs> a thousand is still a thousand. And when I'm looking at this, I'm like, are y'all seeing the contradiction? Look at this. Let's put it together. Saul set David over the men of war. David is coming back from winning the war. But Saul is upset that the people are coming out and dancing and singing that they won the war. (laughs) Are y'all catching this? I'm just reading the Bible. I'm like, okay, bro, I'm not getting it. You set David. Over the men of war, David comes back from winning the war, but you mad that everybody is singing about David. Like you're mad about the stats. You're not even focused on the fact that y'all won. Right? Like David just gave you the victory, bruh. He just gave you the victory. I said, bruh, he gave you the victory, but Saul is jealous. Oh, he mad. He's like big mad. Y'all ever seen somebody, big man? Yeah, he's like big man. He's upset that they're talking about David. And I'm like, okay, as I'm looking at this story, people with a Saul-type heart, they can't celebrate even when you win if you're not getting the credit. Okay, here we go. So Saul is jealous, and I'm like, bro, this is what you commanded. You sent him over the men of war. Everybody was following your order. Everybody was listening to you as you're the king. But you got a problem with it because everybody is speaking highly of David. Can I give y'all a word? Can I give y'all a word? Some people don't like you because other people are speaking good of you. Did y'all catch that? Some people don't like you. Because others speak good of you. It's not nothing you did, ma'am. Stop apologizing. It's not nothing you did, bro. Stop apologizing. It's just that the more that people celebrate you, the more that they are happy about what God is doing in your life, the more that they have good things to say about you, the more it will agitate the heart of Saul's insecurity. (sighs) It's nothing you did. Well, what did I do? I, I'm sorry if I did something. Y'all ever apologize and don't even know why you apologizing? Yeah. <laughs> Those are the peacemakers. Somebody like, nobody nope, never doing that, bruh. It ain't me. <laughs> I'm like, um, you you set him up. And you got a problem because other people are speaking good of David. And so I'm like, okay, I've arrived to this place in my life. I don't know if there's anybody else that has arrived to this place in the house and watching online. Um, I'm just as confused as you are about why God is using me the way He's using me. Anybody else there? Like they hating and they saying all this type of stuff. How did you get that opportunity? Please tell me. I don't even understand why God has given me this grace and why God has given me this mercy. I don't understand it either. Well, how did they get that opportunity? How did they get that offer? If you find out, ma'am, please tell me. Because I don't know how I got the offer and I don't know how I got the opportunity. But there is one thing that I can tell you, and that is my favor never comes at your expense. I'm a preaching here on the night, man. My favor never comes at your expense. That should cause for deliverance to break out in the church for anybody who is jealous over somebody else. I need you to understand that God has cosmically created me and has favored me for what's mine. He has not favored me for what's yours. God has anointed me to walk through doors that are critical and necessary for my destiny. I'm not walking through your doors. Maybe if you were focused on what God is doing in your life and stop focusing so much on what God is doing in my life, you can walk through your doors too. I'm not taking nothing from you. Can I get somebody to say, I'm not taking nothing from you? Some people, <laughs> they will not like you because of the good that others speak about you, but watch this, y'all. Don't label them haters. Mm-mm. Wrong word. Don't label them haters. They are bewildered admirers. Okay. <laughs> Somebody caught it. Somebody said, "See there? See? They not haters. They are bewildered admirers. They wish they had what you had. They wish they could walk through the doors that you walk through too." It's just that the more you win, the more it agitates their insecurity. King Saul, I'm like, bro, aren't you seeing that you won? Aren't you seeing that David's victory is really your victory? I'm like, okay, you missing this, bro? His victory is also your victory. Y'all are on the same team. But this is what insecurity does. Insecurity hands you a lens that will cause for you to view your teammate as your competition. Did y'all hear what I just said? In church, like pastor's insecurity causes for me to view other churches as my competition versus my teammate. We all represent Team Jesus, all of us, even ministries in the church, in the choir. Somebody says something about Tanisha singing, oh, did you hear that song? And you starting to feel some type of way? I'm like, um, y'all are all on the same team. We're all representing Jesus. Well, I really didn't like that song. Well, guess what? We're not singing for you. We're not singing for you. I'm sorry, you must have got arrogant. We're not singing for you. We're singing for the King of Kings. We're singing for the Lord of Lords. We're singing for the Rock of Ages. You don't like it. It's not about you, (laughs) boo-boo. Insecurity will have you seeing your teammate as your opponent. Let's modernize this. You can't even see the areas that you're winning in in your life. Because you're so caught up with how many followers they have. You can't even see where you're winning. Like you are saying you're in a losing season. But you're actually in a winning season. It's just that sometimes winning doesn't feel like winning. Especially when you're losing things that were taking your peace, and you thought that would be your bait Sometimes winning doesn't feel like winning But you're so caught up with how many views that they are getting That you are overlooking the areas that you are winning in your life I'm gonna keep going until y'all get it You are so caught up with the fact like how in the world did I date him for three years We break up and he marries her in five months (laughs) Oh, oh, it's it's getting real. You're so caught up with that that you're overlooking the fact that, baby, you got your joy back. You're so caught up with them posting wedding photos that you don't see where you're winning in your own life. You're so caught up with how large their church is or how large their ministry is that you're missing that you're winning in your own life. Saul, you are so caught up with David's stats, that you miss the fact that God used David to give you the victory. David was used to bring in the victory to you. Remember I told y'all who did he come out to meet? They came out to meet who? Saul. But you can't even see that they're coming out to honor you as king because you're so caught up with their stats. David is used by God to give the victory. David is used by God to protect the nation. But I'm so focused on that that I'm overlooking what God is doing in my life. Please hear me because insecurity blinds you to the areas that you're really winning in. It blinds you to the areas that you're really winning in. I'm going to help somebody here on tonight. I wonder who under the sound of my voice and who's watching online, you have let the voice of insecurity rob you of your ability to see that you got the victory. I don't even know what part I'm in. What part is this? Part 14. We've been in this series for a minute. I want to speak around this thought from this subject for a few moments on tonight. For part 14 of our Cuffing Season series, Dealing With Insecurity. Dealing with insecurity. And the reason I feel led by the Holy Spirit to talk about this message is because if we don't deal With our insecurity, your insecurity is going to be dealing with you. So, Father God, would you help us? Would you help us to be able to see ourselves through your lens? Help us to rid our life of any and everything that contradicts the word of God. Anoint me to be your oracle, your PA system, the soundtrack of heaven. The study means nothing if you aren't seen, magnified, and glorified. We're asking that you fill this place. And if there's anybody who came here bound by the chains of insecurity, before they leave here on tonight, before they log off, something will break in the spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer will just shout amen. 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 Dealing with insecurity. Saul... Set David over the men of war. David came back after winning the war. But now he's big mad because the people are celebrating that they won the war. But they're giving more credit to David. It's confession time, y'all. And this confession hit me all in my chest so I can only imagine what it's going to do for you. Everybody watching online, put this in the room in all caps. And everybody, can I get y'all to repeat this for me? Can I get everybody to say, "Father, Father, help me to believe What you said about me instead of the lies that insecurity tells me. Did anybody feel that? Let's say it again. Father, help me to believe what you said about me instead of the lies that insecurity tells me. I wonder who is in the sanctuary who has allowed the seed of insecurity to be planted in your heart by the enemy and you keep watering it by meditating on it night and day and day and night and night and day and day and night you keep watering it By dwelling on whatever that thought is. Day and night and night and day. Somebody you couldn't sleep because you were dwelling on it. Day and night and night and day and day and night and night and day. The loop in your head of what you're not. Day and night. Day and night. I wonder who's in the house that the enemy has planted the seed of insecurity in your heart that is causing for you to miss the areas where you are really winning and so now i'm insecure because of what my brother can do or what my brother has and I'm insecure over what my sister can do or what my sister has. All of these things that I see in them, I'm insecure about. But let me help you. Sometimes you could be jealous or even insecure over the very person that God is going to use to help you win. Did y'all hear me? The very person that God is going to use. I can give you Bible all day. We see it right here in our foundational text. Saul is jealous. And insecure over who's going to help him win in the kingdom. I can give you more Bible. Ask Joseph's brothers. Look at this, y'all. They were so jealous that they didn't even see they threw their own favor in the pit. They couldn't even see that they threw their own favor in in the pit. They couldn't even see that who they were jealous over they would need later. I'm going to need you later. This is why, listen, y'all, this is why we have to be careful how we treat people. Because first of all, we're supposed to display the love of Jesus to everybody we encounter. That is the litmus test that reveals that we are truly an organic and authentic follower of Jesus. John 13, 35, all day. But secondly, we have to be careful how we treat people because you don't know who is your Joseph. See, it's getting real quiet in here. Now, you don't know who is your Joseph. They didn't recognize when they threw Joseph in the pit, they also were throwing their favor in the pit. Look, they didn't recognize when they were selling Joseph into slavery, they were also selling their favor into slavery. Now, all things work together and God worked it out. But I'm like, man, I wonder, is there somebody you're jealous of your Joseph? (laughs) You're insecure because of your Joseph. Insecurity, insecurity, insecurity. Jealousy is the receipt of insecurity. It is proof that insecurity in your life is making purchases. Insecurity, insecurity, insecurity. Insecurity always begins in seed form. Can I get somebody to say seed It was just a seed from that conversation with your ex. It was just a seed from that conversation with your mother that you just had a few weeks ago at Thanksgiving. It was just a seed. But watch this. Our mental rehearsal of that seed causes that seed to transition from seed form into crop maturity. Because I'm dwelling on it. Over and over and over and over. There is something. Please hear me, y'all. I feel this. There is something on the inside of you that hell never wants you to give birth to. Hear me, y'all. There is something powerful. On the inside of you, you have a chain-breaking anointing. I'm talking to somebody. You have a chain-breaking anointing. You are the one in your family that's going to shift your bloodline. There is something on the inside of you that hell never wants you to give birth to. And if you think about it, it's been after you your whole life. It's been after you since you were a child. It's been after you since you were in middle school. It was after you in college. There's something that you're carrying that the enemy never wants you to give birth to. And a definition that God gave me, if I was a note taker, I would write this down. It's been blessing me since Monday night. And that is insecurity is designed to get you to downplay what God wants to display. Did y'all hear what I just said? Woo, if I didn't need my towel, I'd throw it. Insecurity is designed to get you to downplay what God wants to display. And when you believe the lies of insecurity, is Satan's down payment that you won't give birth. I don't have to worry about them. They're so caught up with other people. Think we can go at least three years without bothering them. You think you're enduring a spiritual attack and all you're enduring is your thoughts. You're not under attack you're under a thought That's strengthening an insecurity I was stuck y'all I was stuck me Jerry Flowers I was stuck I saw this and I was like man God so awesome I saw this on Facebook Share your memories three days ago This is what I posted let's get the image up on the screen This is what I posted look at this y'all December the 6th 2013 my wife and I are excited about this we are launching a YouTube channel called Redefined dedicated to young Christian marriages and relationships our first episode starts January the 1st 2014 I posted that 8 years ago three days ago and I saw this man and I was like I, I had no idea that I like I had no idea that y'all would be sitting under me fighting my insecurity and pressing upload since 2013 listen you wouldn't be watching this I'm gonna be I'm gonna be transparent and I'm about to be raw there was a battle that was going on in me yeah. in December the sixth, two thousand and thirteen. Y'all know how many times I like I proofread that. I read that over and over. I was looking at the picture. I said, "Does it look like my edge ups going back?" She looks good. She's smiling at me. Okay, I look a little young. And I look at this. This December sixth of two thousand thirteen, my wife and I have been married for one year and five months. I'm like, what do we know about relationships? We don't have any children yet. We we had like some small marital problems, but it was nothing major. But I felt like God was prompting me to give birth to something. Now look, y'all are looking at it eight years later. Let me give you even more of how this messed me up as I saw this. I was like, man, back in 2013, it wasn't a lot of people doing Facebook Lives, y'all. It wasn't like there was nobody I can go and look and compare and say, "Oh, how did they do this? How did they do that? And so I thought, since it's not a lot of people doing it, maybe I shouldn't do it either. You know how you feel since everybody is not doing it? That's probably evidence I shouldn't do it. It wasn't like 2021. Everybody got a word. Like y'all log on Facebook right now. Somebody preaching hard and sweating like me. And God told me to tell you everybody preaching. But back in 2013, if you were preaching, people would call you a Facebook preacher. Like, you ain't got no church, bruh. Come on, man, go sit down. And I felt like, I just felt like, man, this is something that God wanted me to do. And so all of these insecurities start rising up in me. You only been married one year and five months. You just 24 years old. What what, what you gonna say? Don't nobody know about you and you talking about starting a YouTube channel? People don't even do that. And then, ever so often, I believe there's a time in your life when you're gonna have to talk yourself into it. Has anybody ever been there? There comes a time in your life when you have to talk yourself into it. And I begin to think about all the lessons I had in Vacation Bible School. And I begin to think about all the courses and classes I had in seminary. And I begin to think about, I can't shake this. I'm trying, but it just keeps coming in my dreams and it's coming everywhere. I'm thinking about, I can't shake, redefine. I don't don't know what's going on, but I can't shake it. And I begin to encourage myself. And I said, you know what? God chooses the most unlikely candidates to do the most unlikely Wonders for his glory, and so I start preaching to myself, y'all. I said, Okay, if God can use Rahab, and Rahab is a harlot, surely he could use me because God uses the most unlikely candidates to do the most unlikely wonders. And I kept going, Surely, if God could use David, David is a man after God's own heart, but he caught a body. That means he murdered somebody. He caught a body and had adultery with Bathsheba. Surely if God could use him, and he is still considered a man after God's own heart, he could use me. And then I thought about Paul, who was formerly known as Saul. Saul was a religious zealot who was cool with Christians getting killed. But if God can give him a Damascus road encounter, and if he could change his life, surely if God can do that with him, he could do it with me, and he could do it with you too. If God can use Noah to build an ark and then as soon as you're off the first cruise line that ever existed, you got drunk, surely God can use me. If God can use Moses who had an anger issue, he caught a body too. He murdered somebody too. If God could use an individual like that, surely God could use you and God could use me because God uses the most unlikely candidates for his glory. I'm preaching to you organic on tonight. I thought God didn't use people who had insecurities like me. I thought that God didn't use people who had issues like me. I thought that God didn't use people who had problems like me until I recognized it's not about what I could do. It's not about my ability, but it's about my availability. Will I make myself available? Preach Holy Spirit. And I was stuck, y'all. I was stuck between pressing upload and pressing shut (laughs) down at the computer just like this. Man, is this logo right? That logo look a little corny. Man, is this content going to be good? Stuck between my comfort zone and uncharted territory. I was stuck. I I was stuck between what will people say and should I just obey? I was stuck. I was stuck between even if and what if. What if nobody subscribes? What if nobody likes it? What if nobody watches it? What if nobody shares it and what if nobody comments and what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. if? The native language for fear is what if. Listen, anybody who's engaged in spiritual warfare, you know how to identify if the spirit of fear is talking to you. You constantly hear what if. What if. What if this doesn't work? What if you look stupid? What if you waste all your money? Don't post him, girl, yet you haven't got God. Don't, don't do this. What if it don't work out? That share your memory might be a nightmare. It's going to pop back up two years later. What if? What if? And I was stuck between what if and even if. See, some of us have been in the Alcatraz of fear for so long that we immediately criticize somebody who's not wearing the same prison uniform. <laughs> I need it, girl. Hush. We have been in the Alcatraz of fear for so long that we criticize anybody who's not wearing the same prison clothes. Watch this. They were bold enough to jump. They were bold enough to press upload. They were bold enough to try it. And that causes for me to despise myself, which comes out as criticism. So good. I'm trying to help somebody. I told you a chain's going to break. Maybe the reason they're so critical over what you do. Maybe the reason they're so critical about your content is because every time you post or every time you do it, it reminds them that they're scary. Criticism. Criticism. I was stuck between the crossroad of what if and even if. And that just stuck with me. Even if. Even if. Even if, even if, even if, even if. That's where the faith is. Even if. I heard that somewhere in the Bible. Even if, even if. I'm going to show y'all in a minute because I was like, that's sticking with me. Even if, even if. Like, if I post this, Tanisha, and we look stupid. If I post this and we fail. Even if we fail, it is better for me to learn how to swim in unknown waters Than for me to die in the graveyard of excuses, even if, even if, even if, even if, like, like, even if this fails, it is better for me to learn how to swim in unknown waters than for me to be tormented over what could have been. I wonder what Jerry would be thinking about eight years later on this day if I never pressed upload. I wonder would I be tormented about what if I would have pushed upload back in 2013. It just so happens that for our ministry and my life, God allowed me to push something before seven years later, there will be a global pandemic. Are y'all hearing me? I had no idea. This little boy right here. Look at my hair. Look at my hair, dear. I had no idea. I had a ball fade with a taper. I had no idea. Seven years later, your world is going to have a global pandemic, and you press and upload right now, year after year after year after year, it's going to have you in position when people start searching. Never knew it. But I'm telling you, I was afraid. I was scared. I was so insecure. I'm like, okay, I'm insecure about the audio. I'm insecure about the camera. We didn't have a Canon. We had a little old cheap camera from Walmart. I was insecure about what people think. I was insecure about my weight. I was insecure about all this stuff. But God was telling me, you have to push upload because a generation is depending on your obedience. And this is not just me, y'all. This is also for you. I told us whenever God favors a person, it is never about that person. It is always about a people. Me pushing upload, God saw you. And I didn't see you. All I saw was my ball fade with a taper. My young self not thinking that God would use this. Look at this, y'all. Even your mistakes are a part of the journey. Oh, hope that helps somebody. Even your mistakes, like your God is so awesome that he could use your mistakes as transportation. Amen. <laughs> you like, yeah, you don't understand. That was a hard season. That almost drowned me. Look again, ma'am. You learned how to swim. <laughs> Look again, sir. You learn how to swim. You don't understand. That breakup was hard. That was real hard. That was difficult. Look again. You praying now, though. Yeah. Like you seeking God's face now, though. This time, four months ago, you would be in the club turning up on a Thursday. Look at where you are now, though. I want you to see that now you at a place talking to somebody. Now you're at a place where like, okay, um, I have learned I'm going to see God's direction before my selection. I'm not doing my selection anymore. I'm not doing my type anymore. I'm not doing what I want anymore because I want the will of God. It is better for me to be single and have the peace of God than for me to have a piece of flesh and be dealing with a demon. It is better. God could use even your mistakes and your struggle as transportation. I told Tanisha this a few nights ago. We were just talking. It was like 2 in the morning. And I said, you know what? I will always and forever always put my trust and my faith in God and God alone. Everything is going to fail This is so crazy. I fear failure. People, I I just fear failure. Everything in this world will fail. It is possible that somebody, the reason you're so insecure is because you keep putting your faith in things. But things will fail you. I was talking to her. I said, my car will one day fail. My voice will one day fail. My heart will one day fail and I'll be with the Lord forever Everything in this life will fail me So I'm gonna put my faith in what will never fail I'm gonna put my faith in his glory and his glory alone Because his glory will never fail Listen I said, I'm going to make decisions that are for His glory and His glory alone. I'm going to make moves for His glory and for His glory alone because everything else in this world will fail me. But when I put my faith in Jesus, when I put my faith in He who is glorious, when I put my faith and my trust in the beauty of the gospel and what Jesus did on the cross, that will never fail. I'm going to live the rest of my life sweating out of my clothes. To try to tell somebody about how faithful God is. I'm going to live the rest of my life dedicated to help broken people heal from what hell tried to use to break you. Somebody say his glory. glory. And his his glory alone. I was at the crossroad. I felt like I should do this. I'm talking to somebody. You feel like it too. There's something. I don't know what it is. For me, it was a YouTube channel. That's something that God has been pricking your heart to do over and over, over and over. Right now, you could know it is. That book, that apology, that breakup, that podcast is something that God is telling you to do. I felt like I should do this. All I knew was I loved Jesus and I loved people. And this was our first webisode on January the 1st. 2014, and the reservation was due to the volume of my insecurity. Anybody else have that voice besides me? Thank you for being real. Anybody else have that voice besides me? it's, It's that voice that causes for you to feel disqualified. That voice, like that voice. Every time you make up your mind to do something, there's this voice That keeps reminding you of a sin that you did. Anybody else got that voice besides me? I'm talking about that voice that reminds you of something you did in 2015, which disqualifies you for God using you in 2021 and beyond. That voice. I'm talking about that voice that keeps causing for you to minimize your becoming. Like your metamorphosis and your transformation that the Holy Spirit is doing in your life, minimize that. Oh, but it billboards your screw ups. That voice. Or what about this? How about that voice that comes from an outside source that makes you feel like you're not worthy enough or makes you feel like you're difficult to love because people who are insecure project that insecurity on you? (laughs) Talk, Holy Spirit. Some of us don't even recognize you are seeing through the lens of your mama. Mm -hmm. That's not your fear; that's your mama's fear. You're seeing through a lens of an ex. You're not goofy; that's your personality. God needs that. He needs that. And so now I allowed somebody else's eyes to give me vision, because people with insecurity project their insecurities on you. Is there anybody who wants to just like you know what? Return to Cinder? That's not mine. Yeah, that, that, that's, mama, that's not my problem. Ex, um, that, that's not my issue. That's yours. I'm going to pray for you, um, but I'm no longer going to be impregnated by what you dealt with and see myself through the way that you see you. I want to see myself through the way Yahweh sees me. Yes. Amen. His glory and His glory alone. Remember, insecurity is designed to get you to downplay what God wants you to display. And then it came back to me, even if, even if, even if, even if. Even if, I know I heard that somewhere in the Bible, even if, even if. Oh, there it is, Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. is Shadrach, Meshach, and Negro. I'm sorry, Abednego. Is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, let us set you straight, bro. We don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majestic, a majesty hand, but even if, there it is, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have, ha- that you have set up. And I said, that's what it is. Verse 18 of Daniel chapter 3. But even if I came here on tonight to give somebody marching orders, I came here on tonight to shut down the voice of Satan in somebody's life, I came here tonight to help somebody shut down the voice of insecurity, and it starts by adding a Daniel chapter 3, verse 18 to your faith. Even if. I don't know who's going to read the book, but even if they don't, at least I published it. I don't know if letting you go I don't know if letting you go is going to cause for another man to discover me anytime soon. I don't know. But even if it doesn't, I put my trust and my faith in God. I don't know if somebody's going to come on a Thursday night in the middle of a pandemic with new variant after new variant. I'm like, how many times are we going to mutate? We sound like we got a fraternity. We got Delta. We got Lambda. I'm like, what are we going to (laughs) do? I don't know if anybody's going to show up. In the middle of a pandemic, but watch this. Even if no one does, I'm not doing this for support. I'm doing this out of obedience. I'm doing this out of obedience. Whoever has been struggling with what God has been calling you to do, and you wonder if they don't support me, you don't do it for support, baby. You do it because you're obedient to God. And somebody needs for you to push upload. I'm trying, Sister Tracy. Even if, even if, even if, even if insecurity is designed to get you to downplay what God wants to display. Now, watch this. Who will you believe? Who will you believe? That old serpent who is a liar and the father of lies? Or will you believe what God says about you? Now, this this is something I really want us to consider. Because we say all the time, the devil is a liar, but we treat God like he is. That. that was rough, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> she said, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm there with you. We say Satan's a liar and the father of lies, but we treat God like he is. Because insecurity is believing the lie. Security is believing the promise. Okay, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna give you Bible. Look at this, Psalms chapter 139 verse 4. It says, "I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well." Do you believe that's a lie? Or what about Romans chapter 8 verse 28, a popular scripture, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Do you believe that's a lie? Or what about Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 13, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall be above and not beneath if you, if you heed the commandment of the Lord your God, which I commanded you today, and are careful to obey Them. Do you believe that's a lie? Or what about Galatians chapter six? verse 9. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season not you might, but you will reap a harvest if you do not lose heart. Do you believe that's a lie? Or what about Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11? For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Do you believe that's a lie? Or what about Matthew chapter 10 verse 29? Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father will but the very hairs on your head are all numbered do you not fear do not fear therefore you are more valuable than many sparrows do you believe that's a lie or what about first Peter chapter 2 verse 9 when it says but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light is that a lie? Insecurity is believing the lie. Security is believing the promise. Because insecurity is designed to get you to downplay what God wants to display. And it's for his glory and his glory alone. And so we breastfeed insecurity. Because we're comparing our behind the scenes to everybody's Instagram post. (laughs) We're comparing our behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reel. Comparison is the spawning pool of insecurities. This is where insecurity spawns. It will have you insecure. Like, change that real quick. Is it possible you're insecure because you think Being out of dress code is a problem. I'm different. I'm not like nobody else in my family. As though that's a problem, sir. Maybe you're so insecure because you're trying to match, but God wants you to stand out. God wants you to stand out. That's how you become outstanding. I'm standing out. that's how you become outstanding because I'm not conforming to them well everybody does this you can't be the solution and the pollution at the same time I have cosmically created for you to stand out well everybody's having sex okay if he left you because you're not putting out best believe there's a kingdom man who's looking for a woman who's practicing purity just like him And don't get it twisted, ladies. It's not just men that are counterfeits. There's some trifling, good for nothing type of sisters out there, too, that do not honor men who are practicing purity as as well. They own their Destiny 2000 vibe, too. Can you pay my bills? Can you pay? No, I ain't paying nothing. Am I your husband? (laughs) I got standards, too. (laughs) Comparison. Remember, insecurity. Insecurity is designed to get you to downplay what God wants to display. Insecurity's favorite words are you're not enough. You're not enough. You're not smart enough. You're not holy enough. How are you going to join a ministry? You're not pure enough. Remember what you did two weekends ago? You're not honest enough. You're not smart enough. You're not old enough. You're not young enough. You're not saved enough. Like, you're not godly enough. You're not clean enough. You're not enough. It's the first lie we see in the text that Satan ever told Eve. You won't surely die. For God knows if you eat this fruit, you will be like him. He's telling her, you're not enough. Anytime the voice comes in your head that you're not enough is the voice of Satan. Because in Christ, he has made all things possible through his blood, y'all. Remember. Remember, nonstop, that if God is going to use us, it's going to require our obedience. And I want to show us something. Can I get y'all to come here? Bring those clothes. And I'm done. I know this is a lot for some of us, but I just wanted to go to war with insecurity. Okay? A lot of times, insecurity... Is passed down. Can I get us to say, passed down? Our insecurity is passed down. Eve, you're not enough. God knows if you eat this fruit, you could be more like Him. You're not enough. And she passed the fruit to her husband. That's a whole other sermon the danger of a man who's silent. Like, why are you letting your wife talk to a snake? I don't have time to bother that. But insecurity is passed on, passed down. So let's just say this bag is symbolic of my heart. There's something that God has put on the inside of me. All right, he's put, this is a microphone. I'm going to use your voice. I'm going to use your voice to speak to a generation That could be in podcast form, that could be in preaching form, that could be in singing form. So everybody, when you were born, there was a gift that God put in your soul. All of us, everybody under the sign of my voice. There's something that God put on the inside of you. And this microphone, for the purpose of this illustration, is I need to amplify your voice because I'm going to put my words in your bosom. So when I was born... He put this on the inside of me. Now, Tanisha, she gonna be my mama. When I was a child, she began to compare me to my brother and begin to ask me, why aren't, you more, why aren't you more like your brother? And then she would have me watch, like y'all remember like 106 and Part back in the day? Anybody like that show? Yeah. Okay, we're in church y'all, y'all can, I don't, can I read, yes. <laughs> AJ Free, y'all remember them? Yeah, yeah okay. And so I, I would see things, and I begin to think that that was attractive if a man was like that. And so I didn't even recognize my mama handed me a mirror. Let go of it. A broken, busted mirror. And so now, you know what I view beauty as? What the culture defines beauty as. I promise you, y'all. I promise you. It's not your beauty that needs to be questioned. It's the culturals definition of beauty. Everything beautiful is something that you could buy, apply, or something you could grow. <laughs> True beauty is in godliness. Maybe you're insecure because you've allowed culture to be a busted dirty mirror for you. So your beauty is in MAC and your beauty is in Sephora and your beauty is in what you see. But true beauty is in godliness. So mama gave me that. Tiffany, give uh, Tanisha some outfits. Mama gave me that and I put that in my heart. Now I met this girl, I'm gonna date her. Just put one thing here. There's an outfit that she gave me on what a man should be like, okay? So she put her perspective of what attractive is in my heart. So now I'm wearing that outfit, now I meet another girl She put something in my heart. Now I meet another girl, and she put something in my heart. Some of us are walking around with so many outfits from exes. So many outfits from exes that you're wearing. Like you're wearing depression. Like like you're wearing self-doubt. But it was given to you by an ex. Then I found somebody else. I think she's my wife. And she put something in here. Tanisha probably looking at me crazy like, she's not your wife? put all this stuff in here and now you wonder why it's difficult for me to obey what God told me to do it's because it's buried under everybody else's insecurity it's buried and so now when I do try to do a gift I'm trying to produce something an ex told me to wear what if the key was if everything that was a lie I'm not believing that. I'm not believing that. I'm not believing this. I'm not letting culture be my broken mirror. Because deep down on the inside, God has given you something. This is so good, y'all. God has given you a gift. He has given you an assignment. But is it possible we can't see it? Because it's so buried under everybody else's insecurity. Is this good, y'all? Y'all give me golf claps. That was good for me. Preach Holy Ghost. Maybe, maybe you can't see how awesome you truly are because it's buried under what everybody else has given you. Three points and we're done. So I hear all this. Okay. Insecurity is designed to get me to downplay what God wants me to display. I hear all this. You pressed upload back in 2013. That's great. I hear. But, but how do I overcome this? Point number one. Choose what you will believe. What will you believe? It's not deep. Choose what you will believe. I gave you scripture after scripture after scripture. What will you believe? Will you believe your thought, or will you believe God's word? Will you believe what your mama said, or will you believe God's word? Will you believe what culture says, or will you believe God's word? It starts with choosing what you want to believe. And then number two, after you choose what you believe, affirm what you believe. You know why our insecurity is so strong? Because we affirm it by saying, I'm so insecure. We affirm it by saying, I'm just not good. We affirm it by saying, I'm not worthy. I'm trying to get you to reverse it. If you could choose what you want, if you could choose what you believe and then affirm what you believe. You know what this is like? maybe every day, you have to go home tonight and write on your mirror, I'm the head and not the tail because you don't believe it. But you're making your mind up tonight that I'm going to choose to believe that I'm the head and not the tail. And I'm going to affirm it every morning by looking at this confession, saying it five times, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the head and not the tail. Whatever it takes for you to affirm God's word over your life. This is how you're going to break the chains of insecurity. Choose what you believe Affirm what you believe. And last point, unlearn what you have believed. This is so good, y'all. Unlearn what you have believed. A lot of us, if you're like me, you believed lies. I know it's hard to say this, but you believed what a pastor said. You believed what the mother said. And what I'm challenging you to do is believe what God says about you. Believe what God says about you. I battle, I battle, formulating this message. I say, God, if you don't use me, I'm gonna get up here and look stupid. (laughs) Still today, 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 God, if you don't use me, I'm gonna look stupid tonight. And insecurity, like, you already look stupid. (laughs) Y'all can't laugh at that, i don't laugh at myself. Y'all are gonna look stupid. You're gonna mess up. You're gonna stutter. You know this little wire right here? You're gonna fall and embarrass yourself. You're gonna be on church or laugh or church milk. And I said, you know what? I choose to believe that God has anointed me for this moment to share his word to his people for his glory. I'm not gonna put my confidence in my flesh I'm going to put my confidence in the Holy Spirit. So when I say each and every week, God, make me invisible so that you are visible. Use me as your PA system. It's because I know in my flesh I will fail. But I put my faith in you. If we could all stand, I'm going to pray. I just feel led to pray this. And we're going to get ready to go home. Can I get everybody to raise their hands? Just symbolic of surrender. I just want to pray over you. Father God, we lift our hands to you on this beautiful night that you have graced us to remain in the land of the living. And God, we pray that every lie, every satanic thought, every demonic stronghold, every chain of insecurity that has us been verbally abusive to ourselves, that has us believing lies, that have us doubting, that has us in rebellion and not obeying what you have called us to do and be, forgive us on tonight, oh God, and we repent. And in this moment, God, we are praying that this will be the time, this will be the moment when we look back on the chronicles of our life, we'll be able to say it was on this night in December of 2021 where something changed on the inside of me. I began to recognize I could choose what I believe. I don't have to believe the lies. I don't have to believe the self-doubt. I don't have to believe the trauma. I don't have to believe in that. God, help me to heal so that I could believe what you said about me versus what insecurity keeps telling me. And I pray, God, for the brother and I pray for the sister who are plagued by insomnia due to their thoughts I pray, God, that tonight you will give them sweet sleep and they will possibly wake up in the morning and say, thank you, God. I haven't had that all year, but, God, I choose to believe in you. I choose to believe in the gospel, and I choose to believe in your promises more than my imperfections, more than my failures, more than my past, more than my mistakes. God, you are worthy to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, Lord, and give me the strength, God. To choose to believe your word 39 in the old 27 in the new I have 66 love letters of you displaying your love and your promise for me I'm begging God that you put a fire in somebody's soul on tonight so that they'll go home and they'll pray maybe for the first time in months God give them the confidence the same way I beg you And petition for you to anoint me for this moment. Anoint them with boldness. So that they will no longer allow fear and insecurity to torment them. Bags under the eyes. Eyes twitching. Hair falling out. Hair turning different colors, God. Because we're so stressed out. We're exhausted on the inside. We're exhausted on the inside. And for many of us. It is due to us believing lies. Break the chain on tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And if everybody a breeze of that prayer, would you give God a praise in the house? Not a pity pat, but give God a praise in the house. Like you're going to leave here freer than you have ever been before. That something's going to break off your life. Freedom.